You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is Emma Sassick's interview with the writer and director for Emily, Frances O'Connor. Emily, how did you write Wuthering Heights? (laughs) Shall we begin? Miss Emily Bronte. You're off to become a wonderful teacher. You know I don't like to meet new people. What do you want to do? Do you think I could be a writer? I have lots of stories. Mr. Layton will be tutoring you in French. (laughs) He speaks with such poetry. Any man can speak. What I want to know is can he actually do? Do what? supposed to be an artist so be an artist what is that i wrote it freedom in thought freedom in thought come on freedom in thought freedom in thoughts i have often struggled to understand you <laughs> your poetry Shame on this house, Emily. Did you write these? It's an ugly book. There's something ungodly in your writing. I feel it when we're together. You know they call you the strange one. Everyone's strange if you look at them for long enough. Who are you? Hello, my name is Emma Sasek, and I'm with Next Best Picture. Francis, it's very such a pleasure to chat with you. How are you? Hey, how are you going? I'm doing just fine. Thank you for your time. I know we have a short period today, but I do appreciate it. Let's go for it. I was able to see this film uh, at the Palm Springs Film Festival with a crowd who is full of uh, Emily Bronte <laughs> lovers oh, that I'm you. sure. And so, um, you know, a lot of them were just so really perplexed at, you know, diving into this young woman's story, especially with so little information really being known from her lifetime. And of course, we didn't get a lifetime of novels from her. Um, What was this process like for you, especially when, you know, you kind of have to depend on the writings from her sister and just small little bits of information you could gather from from Wuthering Heights? Yeah, I guess actually, you know, reading all, you know, I've read a lot of different books about Emily and the Brontes. And actually, when you put them all together, it's there's kind of like a uh, a trail of breadcrumbs in terms <laughs> of like when you once you've read all of that, you do actually see a very clear portrait of who she was. You know, somebody who was an introvert, who was socially anxious, who had this amazing imagination uh, that loved nature that um that was uh challenged by being away in different environments and just wanted to be home and um and yeah I just feel like she was this original voice who um who really spoke from this true place Mm -hmm. and that really is kind of the theme of the piece like how do you find your own authentic voice when what that is is different and I think that's a common experience that a lot of women feel like there's who they 
who we really are, our real authentic voice with all our different aspects, and then who we have to present to the world as a, as a feminine ideal. So I felt like I could locate that, that theme in um, in Emily Bronte. Was it exciting, challenging for you to to dive into someone's world and present such a personal moving whirlwind of a romance story to us when, you know, a lot of that is kind of have to speculate in terms of some of those details? Not really, because because of this theme of um, the authentic female voice, um, it was very helpful for Emily to, uh, on her journey to finding out who she is, to fall in love with a patriarchy and for the patriarchy to say this this thing in you that you value that is authentic and real is ungodly you know and i feel like that is also a feeling that you know a lot of women have that that their real self isn't valued by the patriarchy just what we look like or mm-hmm. so um it, yeah so i think for, for this particular story about emily that i'm expressing uh it was helpful yeah yeah. Uh, we definitely see that, obviously, with Emily's character, who is so beautifully uh, portrayed by Emma Mackey in this film. Um, tell me a little bit about, I guess, how you know that you found your Emily and Emma, besides the very similar names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Emma came in to read. Um, my, Fiona Weir, my casting director, said, oh, you should really see Emma. I think she's really interesting. And um she did one scene and I really felt like uh there was something in that already that was already speaking to the role in this really interesting way mm-hmm. she's I think Emma's someone who's got a really great sense of humor and yet you know she is kind of different uh in terms of how she looks how she views the world and I really felt like she had something very special to say about this character and I think, you know, I'm just so uh, blown away with uh, her performance in this film. I think she's just done the most beautiful job in terms of like you think as a writer, you write something on the page and she's kind of taken that and fulfilled it uh, even more than I could have hoped. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously she has such an incredible partner with Oliver Jackson Cohen, who, you know, there's that uh, parallel between their story the Wuthering Heights love story, which is just so passionate and romantic, um, you know, bringing them two together and really bringing this extraordinary, very delicate love story to life. Um, how do you tackle that from, you know, your perspective and, and working with these actors? Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, genxgrownup.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. I think, um, and there's also Finn, you know, Whitehead, who plays Bramwell, and I think it's really the triangle between the three of them, which is also yeah. complicated in Wuthering Heights. 
But I guess um, I I feel like as an actor, I love being in an environment where I feel valued. So I tried to create an environment where the actors felt very valued and comfortable and that they could really bring their true self. You know, I said to the actors, just bring bring that person to set who your mum and dad love, who your friends love, who, um, you know, your real, real self, bring that to the screen and to, and to this, and to the set, because, you know, we're trying to create something very tangibly authentic and real, because again, that speaks to the themes that, you know, in the piece about being authentic. So you can't really tell a story about that unless people are really kind of, you know, kind of taking off the masks really and just being, something you know very very real so um but yeah we tried to create an environment that was also fun for the actors we we brought in um this three-piece band so that they could dance every morning and <laughs> church hymns and um we did a long rehearsal process so everyone felt comfortable this was just a good time back in the 1800s whenever it was said. <laughs> Where everyone didn't live very long, but hey. No, but you were here for a short time, but for a good time. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I, I know that, you know, based on your own personal filmography, I mean, you have, you know, done so many different genres um, to be able to dive into a period piece such as this. And we've seen a lot of them in recent years. What was it like for you to put your own spin on it in many ways? I guess I didn't really think of it as a period film and it's been interesting getting out and discussing it because people kind of frame it like that but I think but I think I came into the story wanting to tell a a story about this young woman who's in this period of time and for it to feel I mean really to kind of break the rules on on period drama Mm -hmm. our film is handheld uh Mm -hmm. gentle handheld all the way through the film until she puts a mask back on and then we go to something that's more static uh, and more deliberate, but um, and for the world to feel immersive. So we have this kind of uh, sound mix that feels very, that helps the audience really be immersed in the world with the wind and the rain and the bird song, the actor's breath. Um, so you can hear clothes rustle. So you really yeah. feel like you're really there. Um, and I don't, we never do a drone shot or you're just on the ground with the characters. So it, it feels kind of documented. Mm-hmm. It's very intimate and personal too in those ways. Yeah, yeah. And I'm the, glad you mentioned the sound because that really stood out in a theater to me. I mean, every ounce of that theater was filled with the sound here. Oh, great. Yeah, we kind of, we worked with uh, Neva Deary, who's this mm-hmm. really excellent sound mixer. Uh, he works with like Kenneth Branner a lot and, he, you know, he did Gravity. So he's um he's a creative sound uh, person. And so we played a lot with dynamic and, but always kind of with a kind of end game of helping the audience feel really close to the characters and really in the world with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And sometimes we'd even strip the sound out to create the sense of emotion in, in Emily's, in, you know, these moments that Emily has. Mm-hmm. And then other times make it very kind of muscular and kind of in your face. It's always so interesting to hear the the little secrets behind the scenes. <laughs> well, Francis, I do have to wrap up with you. I just want to thank you so very much for your time. It was such a pleasure. Thank you very much. 
Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to Emma Sassick's interview with the writer and director for Emily Francis O'Connor here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Emily will be released in theaters in New York and Los Angeles on February 17th, and then a week later nationwide on February 24th from Bleecker Street. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we will see you all next time. Watch them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.